Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. Oh, just lift your hands for just a sec. God, we just thank you so much for your presence, Lord. God, we thank you for your nearness. God, we thank you for your goodness. God, I thank you that uh, just through the word we even get to worship, we get to encounter your face, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yeah, gosh, um, how many of you guys are your first time here? Just wave. Welcome. We're so honored that you guys are here. Welcome. We're so stoked. Welcome. How'd you guys hear about us? Did you online or friends or friends? Awesome. Friends? That's awesome. I like your shirt. You got Jesus on your shirt there, bro. It's like got American flag in the background. That's epic. What's your name, man? Vincent? That's a powerful name, bro. God's got a good call for your life, man. Powerful call. Dude, we're going to have a really good time. I, I kind of feel like we should uh, minister to one another prophetically a little bit. I'm just going to explain that for some of you guys. How many guys, like, you're like, oh, I know what prophecy is. Raise your hand. How many guys are like, I don't know what prophecy is, but I don't want to raise my hand? Okay, nobody. All right, good. So that would be the rest of you guys. I just want to explain this a little bit. You know, God is a speaking God. The entire Bible is filled with the voice of God. From Genesis to Revelation, uh, somebody spoke out during worship, they get quoted a verse out of Revelation. You know, from Genesis to Revelation, the voice of God is heard. I love the prophetic. The prophetic is kind of this archaic word that basically means God is talking to me in a personal way. Now, some people believe that God can't actually do that. But if you believe that God can't actually do that, then how did Jesus ever walk in the flesh and talk to people? Oh, that was an interesting, that was a deep word, Chris. Where'd that come from? So God is speaking to us today, and he speaks to us through the scriptures. He speaks through us through circumstances. He'll speak to you through the still, small voice to your heart. He could speak to you through an angel. You know, an angel appeared to Mary. He could speak to you through a myriad of different kinds of ways. But this morning, we're going to ask God for encouragement for people around us. Now, what does that mean? It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, earnestly desire the moving of the Holy Spirit, and especially that you would prophesy. Literally, that you would declare the things that God is saying over people around you. Prophecy is for edification, exhortation, and comfort. What do those three words mean? Edify means to build something up. You know, uh, as a kid, I used to play with Legos. When the Legos were all over the floor, they weren't built up, but I could see these different pieces, and there was like a picture and a, a dream in my heart. Thank you, Paris. Did you carry that by yourself? Saul did it. This thing is heavy. I always tell Paris I'm afraid of his biceps. You know, he's got to cover him up in church. Can you move it a little more middle? We'll just move it to middle. Thanks, man, for grabbing that. Edification, exhortation, and comfort. Edify to build up. When I saw those Legos in the floor of my house, I would look at them, and I had a dream and a vision of what I could build with them. And when you put the Legos together, you would build something. That's what edify means. Exhort literally means to charge. Like this morning, we charged Carmel to do the transition between worship. We're like, Carmel, you can do this. You have what it takes. That's an exhortation. And comfort is literally, you guys should already know what that means. It means to comfort someone in the midst of whatever's going on in their life. It's like giving them a warm blanket in the middle of a cold night. So um, I'm going to ask all of you guys just to stand, and we're just going to kind of explain this a little bit more. We'll take a few minutes to do this. How many of you guys, again, you like, I've done this before. All the words I give are encouraging. I don't rebuke people in meetings. Some people's hands are going down. Okay, I'm just making sure. What we're going to do, those of you, um, keep your hand up if you've done this before. Turn around if you've done this before. Look around the room. 
Go find a group of people that don't have their hands up and go to them and just kind of greet them, say hi, and then I'm going to give you some more instructions. Just kind of go. This is really good. Get, get out of your comfort zone. You have to get out of your comfort to get into God's comfort sometimes. So just go. Find somebody. Get into groups of three or four. Groups of three or four. If you've got five, kindly kick somebody into another group. All right, just quiet down for just a sec. Shh. Universal shush sound. All right, what I want you guys to do, raise your hand again if you've done this before, before you pray. Awesome. I want you to go ahead and start, that person that's done this before. I want you to ask God for a scripture for them. It could be the scripture you read this morning. I want you to ask God for a picture for them. I can sit here and I can imagine a cheeseburger that I'm going to eat for lunch later. If I can picture a cheeseburger in my mind, you can ask God to fill your imagination with his godly thoughts for them. Ask him for a picture. If it's not encouraging, ask him for the interpretation of it. Everything you speak over the person right now is designed to be encouraging. Why? Because God is not looking to reveal what's wrong with them. God is speaking over them what's right with them so that they would come in agreement with what he says. That's what repentance is, coming into agreement with what God says about you, and that you'd be transformed through that word. So go ahead, just go ahead and lead out. Whoever raised their hand, you guys can lead out. Take the next five minutes to just begin to encourage one another. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, King Jesus. Yes, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, King Jesus. Thank you, God. Yes, Lord.
Right, go ahead and make sure you get the other people in the group. Thank you, Lord. Go ahead and rotate to a new person. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, King Jesus. All right, one more minute. One more minute, so make sure you get everybody. anybody need more time? Just put your hand up if you need a few. All right, you get 30 more seconds, so then you got to finish the rest after church. All right, if you're done, you can go back to your seats. How many guys, that was pretty profound. Like, wave at me if you're like, oh my gosh, God just talked to me through somebody else. I just want to see. I was looking around from the stage. I could see tears coming down people's faces and just people encountering the love of God. It's awesome. It's awesome. All right, I'll give you 20 more seconds. Go ahead and have a seat, though, when you're done. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right. Now you guys, you guys can take the rest uh, after church and keep, keep uh, releasing over these folks. How many guys, that was powerful? Just wave. You're like, that was amazing. I just got an awesome word. That's cool. How many guys, that was like the first time that's happened to you? Maybe, maybe you've never had that happen to you before, someone giving you a word. Anybody here? Just wave. Just want to see. Anybody? Okay, most of you guys has happened to before. How many guys, this is the first time you've ever done that? Anybody, this is the first time you've ever done that? Just wave. You guys are not super wave happy this morning. Anyone here that it's the first time that you've ever done that before? Just wave. Wow, that's awesome. I see that hand back there. Praise God. Was that cool? Isn't it amazing how you you just step out just a little bit, and then all of a sudden, you just start having this flow of thoughts from heaven? It's amazing, right? It's amazing. Can you guys give Jesus a shout? That was pretty cool. All right. Um, I feel like I'm supposed to... uh, Carmen, would you come up? I feel like we're supposed to get a couple people in the community from up here, too, so... um, 
we're going to call out a few people in the context of community. You know, the beauty of this is uh, we're going to call you out. We're not going to say bad stuff about your life. We'll just ask you to stand, and we're just going to maybe ask your name if we don't get your name already, um, and just kind of speak life over you. Um, something beautiful happens, too, when in the context of community, the Holy Spirit highlights you, because all of us in this room get to celebrate what God's saying over you individually. Isn't that amazing? And if you hear a word over someone else and it resonates with your heart, maybe you feel God's presence in that word being spoken. In the same way that everyone in this room can be impacted through a preach, everyone in this room could be impacted through an individual prophetic word for someone. So um, is, I'm going to take a few risks uh, and call out a few like names and maybe some birthdays. Um, um, this is pretty weird for me. God started challenging me to do this about a year, year and a half ago. He said, Chris, I want you to do this. Um, I did it here at Presence. I did not want to do it because I, I felt I just didn't want to do it. I didn't want to be wrong. And uh, the Holy Spirit says, you need to do this because I want to I show people what's normal for all people. Um, you know, I'm not a, a, like a prophet. It's like this is normal for all people. And uh, so is there, what's that, pastor? You're so funny. I, I'm for profit. I believe in profits. Uh, for profit business. Um, is, there, is there a Gail here? Someone in the name of Gail? Does that make sense? Just wave really big. Is that you? Is that you, Gail? Your name is Gail? Gail? With a G? What is your name? What's that? Kale, just stay standing. We're just going to get you anyway. I kept, yeah, I, I just like that she responded. Is there anybody else to make sure there's no gales that I'm missing? Um, I, I saw you earlier when other people were giving you a word. And I, just, I saw tears coming down your face. Can you not hear over there? Come over here then. Just come over in this area. This is awesome. You're bold enough to stand. I don't know what's up with the speakers. Is this better? Can you hear over here? All right, that's perfect. Just hang out over there. Say hi to that girl because she's your new friend. Just say hi. All right. Um, wait, so k- k- what did you say your first name was? My name's Cara. My first name is Kale, C-A-L-E, and I said Kale. I thought that was a really weird name. Ah. No one has a name, so we said I was like, oh, my God. Well, let's just go with it. I just love that Jesus is king, you know, and he, he loves to encourage people. <laughs> yeah, this is awesome. Um, I'm going to ask a couple questions. Some of the things I don't know, so I'm going to ask a question. That's what you do with words of knowledge. You ask a question. Words of knowledge are either right or wrong. And if they're wrong, like I said, is there a gale here? No one's, it's like, okay, it's wrong. But I'm just going to follow. I just, she responded. I could feel God's compassion for her. I saw you crying when other people were giving you a word. And I feel that God's tenderness towards you is even more, toward, more strong than your tenderness towards him. And I, I feel that his grace is sufficient for you. And uh, like David said about God, he said, God, it was your gentleness that made me great. And I see that God's gentleness has made you great, and it's making you great in this season, great in the earth. And I don't know why I'm thinking about the month of March. Does your husband, is his birthday in March, something like that? Do you have any kids or anything like that, or it's just, just the two of you guys? Okay. All right. Well, I just, I just felt that God has new marching orders for you. So, um, why don't you stretch your hands towards her? Do you have a word for her too, Carmel, or are you good? You do? Okay. Father, we just bless Cara, God. We just thank you for your spirit in her life. Lord, we thank you that you're accelerating the process today, Lord. God, that which feels impossible, you're, you're going to rectify. 
when I was on the front row during worship, I kept getting that name like a gale or I just, I thought it was a gale. So um, I felt like too, there was something like a, a phone call you received this week that literally was something impossible. Like it was like, it was like, like, I don't know how to describe it. Like someone called you with like, we don't know how this is going to work out. And I feel like God says it's all going to work out. Okay. Does that make sense to you? Okay, good. Father, we just bless your daughter in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Um, I think I have a, a word for the lady right behind her. Yes, in the pink. Yes. Is your name Rose by chance? No? Do you have anyone in your family named Rose? No? Okay. Yes. Then <laughs> strike out on both. Um, I feel like there's two words, one specifically for you, but I can't get away from Rose. So is anyone else here named Rose? No? All right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have a word for you, so if you want to just stand up. Um, when I saw you, I looked at you, and I felt like God said that you've been hidden, and you're going to be exposed in a, in a positive sense. Um, like things that you have been doing for a very long time in the hidden place, God is throwing up out, like I saw these double doors, almost to a cathedral, being thrown open, and I saw you being walked in a procession, and you had five men on either side of you walking you in, and I feel like God wants to say to you, what's your name? Phoebe. I, want, I feel like God wants to say, Phoebe, you've been faithful in the small things, and I'm going to reward you with big things. But there's a humbleness in you that means you don't have to be afraid of the authority that he's putting you into. So yeah, I bless. will you stretch your hands out towards her? God, I just thank you right now for protection all around her as you walk her into the new calling, into the new areas that you have already prepared for her. I just thank you for protection all around. And I thank you for the dignity that you've put in her, for the humility, and for the absolute passion to see you reign in the earth. And we bless her in Jesus' name. I have a word for, uh, I don't know this guy. He's on the, la- the, the edge with you three guys. You brought him. He's got a shaved head here. Yeah, he's looking down. What's your name, bro? Alan? Could you just stand for just a sec? Um, I don't know why I kept seeing this uh, letter E spinning in the air. And I saw you as one, like I saw you eating hamburgers, like just scarfing hamburgers and almost like an eating contest. And I feel like you are hungry for the things of God. Like I see that God sees you. Like you're actually hunger, hungry for um, the things of God. And God's doing something in your family. I don't want to describe this. It's almost like a, um, a stepfather or something. I just feel like God's doing something with your family in the area of reconciliation. And I see that there's a heart of gold in you. I see you like a lion, like a heart, like with a heart of gold. And God is with you in this season. God's been with you more than you could ever realize. And he's actually led you to this place. He's led you not just to this space, but to California for this time. And I feel like God's actually walking with you in this season. And he's going to show you, honestly, what you're made for. So, Alan, God bless you, bro. Just stretch your hands towards Alan. Say, Father, bless Alan in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Does anyone have a birthday on September 22nd? I'm just going out because I I don't believe in being afraid. So anyone, 22nd? (laughs) That's your wedding anniversary. Okay. I'll take that. Unless I'm going once, going twice. No one has a birthday, September 22nd. All right. Um, I felt like God was saying that 
22 is a significant number for me personally, but I felt specifically September 22nd. And I felt like there was something about um, September is a a change of seasons, right? It's a beautiful time of harvest. Where I grew up in Oregon, September is when all of the grapes, we would have the first frost, and then you would harvest all of the grapes. And it was just this beautiful, sweet smell in the air, all the maple trees, like just beautiful, beautiful all around. Not quite the same in California. (laughs) It's a little bit brown. (laughs) But um, that's what I was feeling for September 22nd, is there's this significant point that God has, um, that has, he's brought you to. And I feel like you're like, oh, but, you know, there's this cold, there's this frost. But then it's the, the beautiful wine making happens. And I feel like God wants to encourage you where it's been rough where it's felt like, oh my goodness, this is a really long, hot summer, and now it's really cold, and am I even in the right place to trust God? He's the perfect, perfect winemaker. He knows how to make good wine. Um, So yeah, will you stretch your hands out to them? God, I just, we just agree with you today that you're the perfect winemaker, that you know exactly what day to cut the grapes, to make the wine, to throw the party. I just thank you right now for your perfect timing and just your um, oversight to rest strongly on their life, that you would give them directions, that you would give them wisdom. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give Jesus a shout. That was awesome. Thanks, Carmel. Thank you. Oh, Try this at home. Try this at Target or Walmart or Starbucks or wherever else you go or don't go. Just... Release what he's put inside of you. There's like love inside of you that's for people. Uh, I'm excited for next week. Dylan Long's coming. Dylan's like 21 years old and he coordinates outreaches with like over 10,000 people in Europe, in countries that are less than 1% Christian, sending like 10,000 people to the streets to minister the gospel, prophesying, healing the sick, sharing faith, seeing people come home, baptizing people. He's awesome. So I I want you, especially if you know people that are like under 30, bring them here because this is a young man who's actually walking in his destiny. Like he's moved, he's from South Africa, he moved to America for Bible college, and now he lives in Europe just serving, just serving the vision of one of my friends and uh, seeing the gospel just spread in dramatic ways. So honestly, it'll fire people up. So um, yeah, I have a short message this morning. It's honestly just about being obedient to God. Um, so why don't you guys flip with me to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5, starting in verse 1. So it was, as the multitude pressed about him, Jesus, to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing there by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. Don't you love that? That people pressed in on Jesus so much that he couldn't even open air preach from the land. He had to get into a boat to share the gospel with them. That's where we're headed, guys. It's awesome. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. 
And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and to help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. Jesus spoke to them and said in the next verse, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be fishers of men. Sometimes God calls us to do things that we don't want to do. Sometimes we've been working all night long. Sometimes we've been trying all night long. Sometimes we've been working in our strength and according to our vision as much as is possible. And we wake up in the morning and we've done everything we can do and we don't know what else to do. And then Jesus says, cast out your net again. God spoke to me at the beginning of the year. He gave me a dream for this community. He said, Chris, I don't want you just to teach people how to do church. I want you to teach them how to do life. Now, see, every believer is a minister, and every minister has a ministry. Less than 1% of us are going to ever occupy this thing, and I'm very happy about that. Why? Because the real glory is out there. A few weeks ago, we preached about the river of God flowing, getting deeper outside the temple. I've heard stories from many of you in this room, incredible testimonies of things that God's doing in your workplace, things that God's doing in your home, in your family, things that God's doing in your school. But I want to tell you something. God actually wants to take us into a higher level of obedience, which requires a higher level of submission, which requires us laying our own lives down. Do you, ever, do you know anyone in your life and you get around them and you're like, man, that person is submitted to God? One person I know like that is Paris. I get around him. He's laughing, but it's true. I get around him and I'm like, that is a humble man. That is a man that is serving the Lord. He's doing what the Lord would show him to do. Now, many of us in charismatic church, this is a charismatic church if you haven't caught on yet. There's people get healed here. People speak in tongues. If that's weird to you, just read your Bible. There's lots more weird stuff in there besides those things. (laughs) Jesus floated up to heaven and glowed like a light bulb on top of a mountain. There's all kinds of crazy stuff in the Bible. Read your Bible. In a charismatic church, there's many of us that are used to experiencing God's presence. You're used to feeling his nearness. But I want to challenge you, if you're used to feeling his nearness, are you used to following his word? There's others of you in this room, maybe you come from a background in church that was just very sound scripturally. I grew up in a church when I got radically saved. I went to a church, it's a a well-known church movement that's in this area. I am very happy I went there because I learned the power of scripture. I learned that all scripture is God-breathed and is profitable for teaching, correction, rebuke, training in righteousness, that the man of God may be mature and complete. It's in Timothy 3.16. Like Timothy. Scripture is powerful. There's some of us in this room that we're very familiar with the move of God's presence, but we're not as familiar with being obedient to his word. Many people were in the presence of God the day that Jesus spoke these words to cast the net to the other side. They were in his presence, but Peter decided to also be obedient to his presence. Go with me to Genesis chapter 1. I know I'm jumping around a little bit, but just going just gonna to hit a few of these verses and then land the plane. 
Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, we're right at the beginning. In the beginning, Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, if you don't know where that is, it's at the beginning. (laughs) Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was out without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. The presence. The presence. The presence of God was there. Then God said, God said, let there be light. And there was light. You see, when God speaks, creation happens. Potential is there in his presence, but when his voice comes, then creation happens. Last week, we're at the beach. Woman has a problem with her shoulder. God showed us she had a problem with her shoulder. We said, you have a problem in your, in your arm, right? She goes, yes, I do. We said, God's healing you right now. Put your hand on your arm. She put her hand on her arm. Said, move your arm around right now. In Jesus' name, you're healed. She moved her arm around. She was healed. God's presence was there revealing things. God's presence was there. Potential was there for the miraculous. But if no one had stepped out into the word, nothing would have happened. Pastor Nicole preached uh, a few weeks ago, a month ago. She preached about Mary and how the angel appeared to Mary and said to her, Behold, the Holy Spirit's going to overshadow you, and you're going to be with child. She said, Let it be unto me according to your word. Her willingness made room for the move of God. Her will, I'll say it again. Her willingness made room for the move of God. When I was 19 years old, I was an alcoholic. I wouldn't have told people I was an alcoholic because I only drank six days a week. I didn't drink on the seventh day so that I wasn't an alcoholic because I wasn't addicted to alcohol because I wasn't drinking every day. How many of you guys know that you don't have to do it every day to be an addict to something? Now, before you judge anyone, maybe your addiction is anger. Maybe your addiction is self-pity. Maybe your addiction is your cell phone, pastor said. I want to hit some of the emotional ones. Anger, self-pity. Maybe, maybe when things don't go your way, you just go alone by yourself and just kind of cry and mope for a few days. That's self-pity. That's an addiction. Peter had a lifestyle of repetition in Luke chapter 5. He was used to things going a certain way. But then in the presence of God, when Jesus showed up on the scene, Jesus spoke to him and told him to do something he didn't want to do. I've been working all night. I've already tried that before. Jesus said, cast your nets onto the other side of the boat. Pulls in, whole load of fish. It's interesting because at the end of the Gospels, Jesus uses the same experience to restore Peter to his faith after Peter denied him three times. Just interesting how the Lord will meet us in the midst of our normal, in the midst of our work. God says to Peter, I'm going to make you a fisher of men. If you're in this room, you are a fisher of people, whether you realize it or not. It's not a pastor's job to win the lost. It's not an evangelist's job to win the lost. It is, but it's not. An evangelist, pastor's job, a preacher's job, an apostle's job, a prophet's job is to equip everyone, the saints, for the works of ministry. If you're in this room, God looks at you and he says, without me, you don't have what it takes, but you're not without me. See, grace is not God's covering up of what's wrong with you. 
It's actually God's empowerment for you to be everything that he designed you to be. Grace is divine empowerment unto righteousness. You are not your feelings. Peter could have made a decision that day. This is is a heavy point I'm going to make right now. Peter could have made a decision that day. In the prior chapter, Jesus came to his house. Jesus raised up his mother-in-law. Some of you here are like, I wish Jesus would not raise up my mother-in-law. But, that, but Jesus raised up his mother-in-law. That was a joke. Jesus, I love my mother-in-law. She's awesome. She's a nurse and she loves Jesus and she's powerful in the spirit. So it's not related to me. I was just making a joke. <laughs> Jesus raised up his mother He saw all these miracles. He saw things that God was doing. Then when he's fishing, Jesus comes to the lake, he preaches, and then he says, cast your nets on the other side. Peter could have said no. If he had said no, he might have not have heard, Jesus said, I'm going to make you a fisher of men. And he might not have become the man that God intended him to be. Many are called, but few are chosen. What does that mean? That means that God is calling to the masses. Come home. Come to the wedding feast. Come to the table. Come. Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to me and drink. Come and experience the reality of the kingdom. But not everyone realizes that they've been chosen. Some of us in this room don't feel like we're chosen because we don't think we have a pulpit. Some of us in this room don't feel like we're chosen because of secret things in our life that we feel like limit us from the grace of God. Some of us in this room feel like we're not chosen because we compare ourselves to those around us and become unwise. But God says in Christ Jesus, you have been chosen in the beloved. You have been predestined to adoption as sons. What does that mean? That literally means that God made a choice for you before the foundation of the world. He said, you were worth it. I love the example Carmel gave during worship. Before the foundation of the world, he chose. It's interesting because God is love, so the most natural choice for him is to lay down his life. But in his full deity, he chose to lay down his full deity down, to walk among us as a man, to die a sinner's death on a cross, to crucify sin in the flesh so that you and I would forever be made free from everything we feel like limits us. Galatians 5.1 says, therefore being free, do not subject yourself to a yoke of slavery again. Why does Paul say that? Because Paul actually believes that the people he preached to the gospel to were free. Many of us in this room don't believe we're free. And that's actually our greatest problem. Because we don't believe we're free, we live like we're not free. Because as a person thinks within themselves, so are they. The word says in Proverbs chapter 4 to watch over our heart with all diligence, for from it flow the issues of life. For with the heart, Romans chapter 10, one believes, and with the mouth, one confesses. With the heart, you believe. And with the mouth you confess. I want to tell you, the things in your life that you don't like about yourself, the things and the patterns that you find yourself doing are actually products of bad beliefs in your life. Our life. They're the product of bad belief. So what needs to change? God doesn't need to change. God is one. God's mind is made up about you. He died for you while you were in the midst of your brokenness. What needs to change? Your mind about yourself our mind about ourselves. As we behold him, we become like him. As we behold his work for us, that he was willing to lay down his life for us when we were at our darkest. We actually see that we're worth it. Turn to your neighbor and say, I was worth it.
Now, some of you have been told that you're not worth it, but if you weren't worth it, then why did he come? If I go to a car lot and I want to buy a car and they say this car is $30,000, I'm not going to give them 50. I'm going to try to finagle them for less. I'm going to be like, I'll give you 27. They're like, no, sir, it's 20, 20 I'll go down to 28.5. There's a, there's a negotiation that goes on in, in our ways of thinking around value. See, God didn't negotiate when he came to prove your value to you. God didn't negotiate when he came to rescue you out of your sins. There was no argument in heaven. All of heaven made the decision together. And it was the most natural decision, even amidst the pain, because he was perfect love. And he couldn't help but show you that love. So Jesus shows up into our lives in his presence. How many of you guys realize that there's a difference between God going with you everywhere and you going with God everywhere. I'm going to say that again because you didn't all catch it. There's a difference between God going with you everywhere and you going with God everywhere. You see, God goes with you when you go into things that he doesn't endorse. Why? Because he made a covenant with you. He made a covenant with you. He's never going to turn back. He's never going to turn away. Isn't that incredible? Isn't it incredible that God meets us at our darkest moments? He meets us in the midst of brokenness. But see, it actually takes the revelation of his nearness in the midst of brokenness to come out of brokenness. See, if we think God's not there, then we're going to try to fix ourselves. But if we realize that he is there with us, then we can actually ask him, God, why am I doing these things? Why am I in these patterns? Does anybody want a pattern to break in their life? You don't have to raise your hand, but he's going to break some today. Whatever that pattern may be, you are not your feelings. Do you know it's not God's job to make you feel the right way? Feelings are products of belief. Feelings evidence our belief systems. I just feel rejected. Why do you feel rejected? I just don't feel like I belong. Do you know that's not even a feeling? That's a belief. If you can say, I feel like, it's a belief. We live in the fruit of our beliefs. I just don't feel free. You are. <laughs> you are not your feelings. So if feelings are an evidence of beliefs, then we actually have to ask God, God, why am I feeling this way? He'll say things to you like, you don't believe you're free. You believe you're not worth it. I was talking with somebody recently, and they were telling me how they went through a traumatic situation. And afterwards, they started questioning things. It was like they went back to their youth, experiences they had in their youth. And they're like, I just don't feel worthy now. And I said, but that's not true. And they said, I know. But it feels that way. With the heart, one believes, and with the mouth, one confesses. You'll find that every time you make a decision, whether good or bad, you'll imagine it before you do it. What are you imagining? And from that imagination, the eyes of your heart, what are you speaking? What are you speaking? What are you speaking? I want to challenge all of us today to see a transformation in our feelings and our behaviors. We have to, one, ask God what we're believing in here, with the heart one believes. Ask him what you're believing. And two, 
start picturing life a different way. And three, start speaking differently over the situations in your life. I'm going to land the plane with this. Peter, in that moment, had a decision to make when God spoke to him. He could have imagined all night long the fish, empty, empty nets. Or he could have thought about maybe that one time years ago when he saw a bunch of fish come in, even when he cast the net when he didn't want to, even when he took one more risk, one more step of faith. He wasn't even fully aware that Jesus was the Savior in this moment. It wasn't until the fish came in that he saw. God is calling you into things that are beyond you. And in order to go there, you need one, his presence, and two, his voice. I want you to just close your eyes. I want you to ask him, God, what are you telling me to grow in? It might be his presence. It might be his voice. Maybe it's to sit here in the scriptures more. Maybe it's to sit here and, and, and practice his presence more. You sit in church and you're like, I feel bored. Well, if you're bored at church, it's because you're not practicing his presence. You actually get to sit here and actually encounter the living God. You get to go to work where work may feel boring and you get to feel God's nearness with you. I was a librarian once. That's a boring job. I used to sit with my hands out in the library. I would put them underneath the desk and I would just feel God's love for me. I would start to cry. I'd have to take a break. I'd say, I need a break. Can I go take my five minute, 10 minute break? I'd go downstairs and just cry for 20 minutes or 10 minutes or however long I could take a break. My lunch break, I'll just cry in the presence of God. God wants to meet you with his presence and in his presence, his voice is gonna come. So just just close your eyes for a second because I just wanna do this. Father, I just thank you that you're real. If you're here today and you've never made the decision to follow Jesus, maybe you've been around things that he's done, maybe you've seen things before, maybe you've heard the story before, but I want to say something. God actually brought you here to church today to have an encounter with his face. He brought you here today to have an encounter with his realness. If you're here today and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, that is a decision that is facing every man, every woman, every person on this planet today. Jesus is calling to creation. He's saying, come follow me. Come follow me. How can he say that? Because he is the name above every other name and he is the one with all authority. He is the one who laid down his life for you. If you're here today and you've never made that decision, I'm gonna ask you to do something bold right now. I'm gonna ask you to stand to your feet in this room, anywhere you are. I know it's a bold thing. Jesus said, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my father. If Jesus was willing to die for you, you standing in front of people isn't that bold of a step. It's simply saying, God, I want to go all in on this thing because I'm starting to see that you went on all in for me. I'm just gonna wait just a moment. Is there anyone here? Awesome. Well, I trust then that everybody's already made that decision. Um, I wanna take a few moments and just pray for people. I want you to ask God, God, what do you want me to grow in? Just ask him right now. Just take him on. What do you want me to grow in? What are you calling me to cast my nets out into? God, what areas of disappointment are you calling me to take a risk again in? Maybe you went through a divorce. Maybe you went through a hard situation. Maybe you went through a... Maybe God's actually saying, I want you to cast your net again. But Chris, I just keep messing up in this one area. I just keep doing it. God's saying, cast your nets again. 
Let's create a plan. Father, just bless what you're doing in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Can we give Jesus a shout? That's awesome. That's awesome. I get the prayer team. Just come on up. If you're on the prayer team, you guys come on up and pray for folks too. Uh, prayer team, come on up. Um, just come on up. I'm going to wait for the prayer team. Uh, there's a bunch more people on the prayer team, so come. Michael, you come if you can. Just, just pray for people. Would you guys just come too? Just pray for people. Yeah, come on up. Yeah, yeah. You guys are good. Um, thank you. If you know that there's things in your life that you, God's calling you to greater obedience in, I want you to like talk to someone today, call someone on the phone, talk to a friend, whatever it may be. If you're like, I don't have anybody like that, or if maybe you just need a miracle in your body, you need a physical healing, this team is the miracle team, just coming up to them. Um, they're gonna pray for you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna land the plane. I, I could feel like God's doing something in the room. I just feel his presence. I wanna encourage you to respond somehow. Respond somehow, whatever that is. If you need to come up here and ask for prayer, if you need to go to somebody in the room and talk to them, whatever that is, go to them. So we love you guys. We honor you. Thank you for coming. Uh, If you guys get the music come up, we bless you. In Jesus' name, we'll see you next week. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church.